Welcome to Toffee TV. This is a brand new podcast. Let me just tell you what this is all about. So we do a little game called Ultimate Fan, where you get cards and you pick a team of six players, two defenders, two midfielders, and two strikers. So we are turning that concept into a podcast. Every week we're going to have a guest on who is going to give us their ultimate Everton team. And also, they're going to give us their ultimate non-Everton team. But that can be for whatever reason they want. Whatever reason they want. It can be the best team, the worst team, the ugliest team. Teams that their second names are dogs. I don't know. I'm going to leave that to the person who, who is on the other end of the conversation. Right for our first ever podcast doing my ultimate Everton team. I have the man. They call Astro the man who, if WWE got hold of him or AEW got hold of him, he would destroy every last member of the locker room with his promos. You know him from our after-match videos when he comes on and gives his, his reactions. It is Astro, better known, of course, by the name his parents give him, Nick. <laughs> How are you, my friend? I I am doing excellent, Pet. I'm doing excellent. How, how how are you this morning, afternoon? Well, it's afternoon now, but that yeah. that that gives us an indication. Whereabouts are you right now? I am uh, upstairs in the Sanctum Sanctorum uh, in Middle Georgia. So in Macon, Georgia. So U.S. West East Coast, East Coast of America. And that that I mean that that's gonna you know we're gonna get into this we're gonna get into your team but let's just get into how and why you are an Everton fan. Oh. Just lay it on the table. You know what? It all started uh, in January of 2010 when Landon Donovan came over on loan. Um, I my my exposure to football had been limited due to where I grew up. Um, I did actually have an Everton connection before I was an Evertonian. I got to see Ammo play in the uh, 96 Olympics in Athens. They beat Brazil. I happened to be wearing a green shirt randomly. I ended up in the Super Eagles section, and they beat Brazil, golden ball. I'd never seen a proper game of football. It was the greatest thing I'd ever seen, and I went out and got smashed with with <laughs> Super Eagle fans that night in Athens. It was boss. And, um, and, and obviously like for a U.S. uh, footy fan, I was more of a, I was more of a fan of the women's national team because they actually won something in, uh, the gold medal. A couple of days later, I got to see them win at the uh, Sanford stadium in Athens against the, the Chinese national team. And, uh, I was kind of just a pedestrian national team fan. Obviously we weren't great. Um, and in 2010, uh, I just happened to put on a bit of football and, uh, just passing some time and I hear Landon Donovan and I go, wait a minute. I thought he played for the galaxy. Next thing I know I'm watching the match <laughs> and I see Tim Howard in goal. And I'm like, okay, th- this is incredible. Like two Yanks playing, you know, okay, who's Everton. So I started doing my history and, and, and it's funny. I'm, it's kind of a coincidental thing, but my, my high school that I went to blue and white blue's always been like my favorite color. They happen to be playing in the black and pink away kit from 09 and 10 but it's still what a boss kit. And I'm like, okay, yeah, these are all right. And and I start, you know, watching because of Landon and I keep going and like, you know, I, I'm, I'm just fascinated with the team, the personalities because Fellaini, you know, Cahill, 
you know, it's so just that, that entire squad had so much personality and Donovan left and then I stayed and I didn't care what <laughs> happened with him in the LA galaxy. I wanted to know whether we were going to make it into Europe, you know, for the next season. Um, and, 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 and Everton chose me through Landon Donovan. And, uh, you know, what's funny is that, you know, you know, Baz knows because Baz was, you know, an in, in, integral in, into my first match experience. Um, and, and ever since, and, and you've been integral ever like after that first match, it was like, you were there for the second one and you've been there ever since. So, you know, for me, it, um, you bringing a tear to me. I, yeah, you know, I have to be honest, like I've never, I've, I've, I've supported football, uh, U.S. football, American football, I've supported American baseball. There is nothing that gets me riled up and more involved and invested than Everton Football Club has because I was not treated like an outsider. I, even though I have a funny accent, even though I'm a bit loud, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like people, it started on a message board. That's where Baz and I started talking on the old grand old team platform. You know, and Dave as well. You know, uh, uh, David was integral. I would message him and Baz with dumb questions, and they would always answer them for me. You know, I would always ask about this player or that player, and and they always had time, and they always had like like I don't know, there was an eagerness just to be like, oh man, no worries, we got this. We'll explain it to you. Yeah, and I was treated like family, and I was welcomed in, and like there was never a person that, in in blue that ever turned their nose up to me. And like, I don't know, I don't know. It's like I was, I was made to be an Evertonian because there was a kid that I severely disliked in school and he wore, he, he wore Liverpool gear all the time with the, had the Carlsberg logo on it. And I was like, I, and it's like, I told uh, Dave on County road, I was like on the, on the Bobblers podcast, I said, I didn't realize, I just thought he was a tit, but he was just being on brand. You know what I'm saying? And like, you know, I, I, ever since then, like, and I, I run into it in the U.S. quite a bit, um, and I just I bristle around copites. So it's like I was made to be an Evertonian, yeah. and and I can't, I don't know. The post match reactions started as a as a joke because of something that I got on a, a, a WCW Monday Night Nitro promo with Mean Gene Okerlund. I've always been the guy. People are like, you won't go up and talk to that person. And I'm like, oh, yes, I will. Winnie Cooper from the Wonder Years saw her in a restaurant, walked up and talked to her. She was hotter than a $2 pistol, but uh, that's beside the, one the that point. one that got away? No, no, no. No, I, no, 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 no. She didn't get away. I got the right one. So, yeah. Um, I, and, yeah, I, I, I lucked out. <laughs> I, I do believe that uh, my better half is, is, is uh, su- superior to even Winnie Cooper of the Wonder Years. Uh, in every way, but, uh, of course. but mean Gene, they say, go talk to him. And I walk up and just start talking to mean Gene. He goes, kid, we're going to do a promo with you. He's like, you down for that? I was like, man, I'm down like James Brown. Next thing I know, I got 30 people behind me chanting Goldberg and it just fueled me. I was just like, (laughs) I ate it up. Right. And, uh, and it, and and you know what? The match reaction thing started as a joke. I was like, you know what? I'm going to do one for you guys because I figured some of the patrons might enjoy it. And it's just like, I don't know. What do I do when I'm bored? If I'm, if I'm waiting on a plane yeah. to be fixed, I look at old wrestling promos. They cracked me up back in the day. Oh, they're amazing. So now amazing. I always try to drop, and I don't know if some people have caught it. I try to drop a nerd reference. I try to drop a hip hop reference. And I try to drop a wrestling reference into every single post-match reaction. So obviously me calling Goodison Park the Terror Dome, okay? That comes from a story where 
Like my high school stadium for a football, American football stadium was massive, made out of granite, big bowl in the ground, you know, like it was crazy. One of the guys, Mike Williams, who was like, if you think I can talk trash, Mike has a doctorate in talking trash. And Mike was like, he saw the other team coming in and he starts jawing at him. He's like, what's up, boys? He's like, welcome to the Terror Dome. He's like, and he just starts just at him. He's at him from that moment. He was like, he was like Yeri Mina, right? He'd get in somebody's head and he would basically just find that guy who would lose his cool and he would ride him like a pack mule for the rest of the game. And it was beautiful. So uh, Goodison Park, Terror Dome, you know crushing dreams and, and collecting points and uh, snatching victories. And, and I've already got a name for Bramley Moore. It's already in the queue. I've already got it, got it down. I've got notes. I mean, I've literally got notes. I've got the next, I've got content for days now. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, I, you know, you know what it is. People enjoy it. And, and, and like, I, That's it. I think that there's been a lot of negativity and I think there's been a lot of, uh, we, we've all been beat down a little bit. You know what I mean? And, and whether that's football or whether that's life or whether that's just in general. And I think that a bit of fun, right, a bit of laughter, yeah. a little bit of lightheartedness, um, it, it can really go a long way. And, and I think that that's probably the reason why people are enjoying it so much is because it's just a laugh. It's stupid. And, I mean, listen, I take a lot of abuse from copites, and of course I do, because if a dog – like a, a dog's going to bark and a copite's going to bite, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, they just can't help it. It's in their nature. But what they don't realize is whinge. They, whinge. they do. And they're like, you know, I love there's also a few Evertonians who are like, if he was a red, we would be, you know, tearing him apart. And I think that, uh, listen, take it or leave it. I'm going to keep doing it because to me, people yeah. enjoy it. And as long as people are laughing, I'll keep doing it. And it's mm-hmm. and it's also a way for me to contribute to like the great work that you guys have done, because I don't think that it can go without being said that like Toffee TV throughout the last couple of years with everything that's been going on, you guys have entertained me. You've made me laugh. You've kept me informed and, and the quality of the content is always getting better. And and I just, I don't know. I really appreciate the opportunity to pitch in and help be a part. We did not pay him to say that. No, way. no, no. He just, he just... I'm freelance, baby. <laughs> Listen, if I'm no, if I'm on nobody's payroll, then nobody's pulling my strings. Uh, there you go. The words are mine. There you go. There you go. What a journey it's been. What a journey. When you say then crushing dreams, the only dreams that ever have been well, crushing. Sometimes they're ours. You know what I'm saying? I've never said whose dreams were being crushed. You know what I mean? We just hope it's the opposition's. Yeah. Um, but like I've had so much fun. Like Fulham at home was my first match. Um, and then uh, after that, it was Man City. The night we met Landon and Seamus. Yeah. Uh, and, then, and you, yeah, you picked me up at the airport and it was like a roller coaster from there on wigging away for a really? Phil Neville, uh, Phil Neville own goal. We got a draw out of that boss pies though at Wigan. Um, yeah. yeah. and then, uh, and then after that, it was a planes, trains and automobiles. I, I kind of feel like these have to get more justice because I started out on one train in Germany. I ended up on another, I missed the Eurostar. I had to run through the, the train station in Paris. I had to run through town. I finally got to London, and I got to Southampton right as the match kicked off. And I went inside and watched a zero, a, a nil-nil draw on a Monday night in Southampton at St. Mary's. <laughs> I took that out on the city later that night. Um, yeah. We laid a savage burn on Southampton that night. But uh, <laughs> and uh, and then uh, Chelsea away, where I famously ripped David James over saying that we were going to get relegated. I asked him how he was feeling about that prediction. And uh, he didn't like that too much. And uh, 
And then, yeah, we uh, my final match at Goodison was West Ham. You remember that? You took me all over town yeah. afterwards, went to the tower, went to the social club, had a, had a bevy, and you got me over there to get some uh, some autographs from the players. And uh, Lukaku brought us all three points with a late header. So, you know, for me, like my Everton experience has been like it's, – it's strikes and gutters, it's peaks and valleys. You know what I mean? It's like a Dickens novel sometimes. It's either the best of times or it's the worst of times, and we don't play in the middle. So – I don't know that I'd have it any other way. I don't know that I'd ever have it any other way. Yeah. I don't know. Right. Let, let's get in. Right. We, Sorry. we do not have a goalkeeper. No, no, that was brilliant. That was all good. I enjoyed all that. Right. We do not have a goalkeeper in our team, but I'm going to let you have a honorable mention for a goalkeeper because yeah. I, I think this is important. I think it's important that we talk about your honorable mention goalkeeper. So it, let, who who is he? Who's your? You know it's going to be Tim him? Howard. You know it's going to be Tim Howard, Secretary of Defense. Um, you know he he's such a great guy. Um, he's always got time for folks. And and I converted a buddy of mine, a childhood friend, to an Evertonian. And he goes down to the American match. Obviously, I had to be in England uh, dealing with a family emergency, and I couldn't go. And and he was going to go with me. And he ended up um he ended up going, and he met Tim Howard. And, you know, Tim had, Tim, he saw him walking around inside the ground. My buddy said, hey, you got a quick second for a picture? Took a picture, talked to him for a few minutes. Um, and I know that it's not just about the quality of his character as a human being. It's about how he performed on the pitch. And when, and when he was on, he was, he was incredible. I mean, he really was the aptly titled the Secretary of Defense. Um, yeah. and, then that, and then, like, mad things, like that goal against Bolton, when the wind was, like, nuts, and he just – booted it to hell and gone and and you know i was actually listening to that game on on the on the radio um on the website didn't get to see it in person until later um but yeah tim howard's just he's he's a two he's part of the he's part of the reason i'm an evertonian so of course uh of course i had to throw him an honorable mention and i think he was a great servant of the club and and i think that we got better football out of him than anybody else would have Mm. No, he was no. a great guy. He was a, he was a great goalkeeper. He was a good ambassador. Yes. Um, probably probably pay, played a couple of years or certainly a year longer than he should Passed. have because I think yeah. it hurt. I think it hurt um, his legacy. I think it hurt Roberto Martinez. Hurt the club. Yeah. Um, but and we also never got enough out of him as a as an American brand. Are they such a big? guy and is such a, like a an individual he's not like one of these american players who come over here and just uh you know just melted into the background he really was a presence he mm-hmm. where you see that now he does the tv he's got the tattoos and he looks oh, yeah. amazing and he just he's just a good and you there was a story with him wasn't it? you sent you took a flag didn't you to your okay so yeah what i did was i had a, a guide on flag which is uh what would march at that column the head of the column of a unit in parade. Hmm. Um, so, you know, what, uh, you know, at the time in Germany, my squadron drew its lineage all the way back to the thirties, right. Or late thirties. So you have battle like campaign banners that are attached to the, the flag. And what I had hoped to do was every time I'd come to Goodison, I would bring a campaign banner that would say, you know, European cup winners cup 85, you know, and one for like every league, every championship and everything else. Obviously, both you and I know my time in Germany got cut short for a lot of different reasons, and I was never able mm-hmm. to do that. Um, but 
uh, Jimmy Martin's wife, Mary, uh, you know, she, 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 her, their son served, uh, in Afghanistan and we'd actually been in the same place in a couple of times. And, um, and, and when I met her for the first time, I struck up just a great conversation and she was really, really cool to me. And every time I would go back, you guys would always make sure to help me get in the front door so I could say hi. So, you know, I had the flag, I brought the flag with me. I had the flagpole shipped to Dave's and I literally walked from Dave's all the way past Anfield, right? With that flag, daring a copite to say something to me. And they, and a couple of them did, but to their credit, once they heard my story and what I was doing, yeah. they were like, oh, fair play, man. That's all right. You know? Um, so, you know, I, I took it and I was in the Evertonian. There was a story yeah. in this, in the club magazine. I still don't, I, I've never been able to get my hands on a copy of it ever. So what year was that? So what year that was, was that? 2011. So let's put it was the 2011, I want to say it was February, because Yelovich was on the cover, I think, because yeah. we had just signed him. He, he was announced the night of the Man City match. And that's also yeah. the game where that dude jumped out of the park end and handcuffed himself to the damn goalpost <laughs> protesting Ryanair. He was about seven seats down from Dave and I, right? And I made a couple of rows down, and we're, we're sitting there watching the match, and all of a sudden this dude just jumps up, and Dave's like, what the hell is he doing? And, then, and there he went. You know, he went out and just handcuffed oh himself, and it, obviously it delayed the match. But uh, I don't know, it, it, you know. But the, but the article, I digress. The article, you know, uh, it was a cool picture of Mary and I sitting in the locker room uh, somewhere. I have a disc with the photos, but uh, but yeah, it would be uh, it would be like a, a grail item for me to actually yeah. get that. I do troll eBay for it. I have mm. a knack for finding oddball things. Um, you do. I mean, I really do. Like I can, I can sit here and go like, I, that is a custom Lando Calrissian smuggler action figure. They never made that, <laughs> but I found a custom because I'm a Lando man. You know what I'm saying? So I can find random things, but I just can't find this. So, so there's an appeal. There's an appeal. If anyone's got that. Yes. Evertonian, yes. Get, let, let, yeah. Even if you just like, even if you just, um, like photocopy the pages. Absolutely. That, that Nick's on. Absolutely. And, so, and, and, then, and, and, and if then, there's one that we had, I will happily pay the postage or shipping. And then, like you mentioned there, we went, me and you went round to the, the next game you came to, me and you went round to the players. Yes. When they were coming out. Yes. And you spoke to Tim Howard, and Tim Howard did. remembered the flag, didn't he? And yes, he did. He remembered you. Tim Tim remembered the flag, and he remembered me. And the crazier part was that when we met Seamus Coleman, right? Uh I gave yeah. him a coin and a patch from my unit. Yeah. Okay, those that's kind of a big deal to a, to a, to a guy like me. You know, it's kind of like a I, I don't know. I'm sharing something about my career with somebody, so it's kind of a big deal. Those things are hard earned. So, um, and I gave him a patch and a coin, and 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 he was he wanted to know what I did, what I flew on, where I'd been. He was just honest to God, genuine, and and and, and no no slight to Landon, but he was more he was the most genuine of the group, right? And that's just, I mean, Tim and Landon were great. It's just that Seamus was that much better. So yeah. right after we saw Tim, we see Seamus and I say, hey, Seamus, he comes over, he signs it. I go, I was like, I was like, hey, I met you a few years ago. And before I could even finish the sentence, he goes, you gave me that patch and that coin. And I was like, yeah, I did. And he goes, where you been going? And he was just, I don't know, like I said, uh, just an absolutely incredible human being. Um, and I think that, I think that the quality of his character shows I'm hoping that the club doesn't put him in the position that they put Tim Howard in of asking too much of him for too long because I don't want to yeah. see that happen to Seamus. 
And I think that the club needs to get all its marbles in one sock, pull its finger out and sign a right back so that that man leaves us with only the best kind of memories and in the best and most respectable way possible. We owe that to him. Okay. And that's kind of one of my biggest frustrations. Listen, just because you love something doesn't mean you don't have frustration with it. You know what I mean? It's probably because you do love something so much is why you do get so frustrated with it. But regardless, I digress. There you go. Right, let's get into your team then. So let's start yes. with your def- your first defender. Who is your first defender? Well, I mean, we were just talking your... about him. I mean, Go it's got to be Seamus. I mean, my first my yeah. first defender is going to be Seamus Coleman simply because we were just talking about him. Um, you know, it like I went back and I watched like old videos. Like I, w- I went and watched highlights last night and some of the goals that he scored. I mean, the one against Fulham that I saw in person was an absolute cracker. But like the one against Swansea, I mean, it just mm. – I, I know we're talking about a defender, but I, sometimes a, a, the, the best defense is a good offense and vice versa. And I think that when he was able to defend effectively and then join the attack, he added a dimension to our play that we had to have um, to be competitive. And, 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 you know, it's funny. I watched Blackpool play in the, in the playoff when they came up because he was playing, yeah. and I knew he was playing for Everton. Baz had told mm. me all about him, so I wanted to watch him. Okay, and and I'm sitting there watching this, you know, just to see Seamus play. And I'm like, wow, he's going to be a talent. And and he was. I mean, he he, he still is, you know, not taking anything away from him. He's great. Um, But my my next defender is obviously going to be the opposite side of the pitch. And it's going to be cool as the other side of the pillow, Leighton Baines. I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like, he's just the man just oozed class. Mm -hmm. And he just. I don't know. A, unflappable is the word that I can use for it. He's like the Iceman. He's, he's, he's cool. He's collected. And, and you could tell he saw things. The way he saw the, the field, um, the way he could just bomb down that left side and how he combined with Pinar to make such an effective, uh, you know, two-pronged attack. Um, and there again, and in, in defense, he was awesome. I mean, he just – he literally was just – you know, I can't sit here and go, you know, I, you remember that game Baines just stunk the place out? Because you can't, because he didn't. Because no. even when he was just bog average, he was still on point. So, um, yeah, he was, he was incre- incredible playing. Like you mentioned there, Seamus Coleman on one side, Baines on the other side. And, you know, for for 10 years or maybe a little bit less, they were just the ultimate in fullbacks where, you know, you look at clubs now and they have these amazing fullback partnerships and everyone thinks that they were the first people to do it. You yeah. know, when Liverpool won the league and they've got the fullbacks, it's like, oh, they revolutionised the fullback games. Like, no, no, no they we didn't. were doing this in like two thousand and seven, uh, two thousand and like, uh, you know, seven onwards for with Baines, and then and then then Seamus Coleman came into it, and you know, under Martinez in that first year, they were the major. You know, they were crossing it to each other at times, and one would be at the back post, Seamus Coleman back post, and they were, they were, the, they were. Oh, it's weird because they sort of seem like a partnership because you talk about them together, even though they were on opposite sides. True. But sometimes they were like a partnership. One guy would be at the other on the other side when the other guy was crossing. Yeah, they were they they were amazing. And what Baines? How Baines finished his career? You're absolutely right. That's how we want Seamus Coleman to finish his career. Want wanting more, wanting more, being gutted yes. that the guy didn't give us another year. That's how you, even though you know in your heart you want another year, you don't think he should have another year, you want another year because you know that guy is cool and you then you want him. Now, he's, you know, he's still at the club, he's sticking around, he's just he's just took over as the assistant of the under-18s because you just want that guy to be at Everton Football Club because you know that if he's at Everton Football Club, 
then it's there's going to be a bit of it that's that's cool it's and it's okay you know you can teach skills right you know if somebody maybe isn't the best at crossing you can work on that in training um composure it can be observed right and it can it can kind of be learned but it can't be taught right and i think that baines being who he is with the temperament that he has um could really be a positive force on these younger players that we've got coming through and i think yeah. that developing our players and 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 reinvigorating our academy is one of the most important things that Everton Football Club could do and 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 boy howdy yeah I, mean, I can't think of anybody better that I'd want helping to mold these kids than Leighton Baines because a he's going to have them listening to boss music that's just a bonus that's <laughs> that's just a bonus he's not going to let them listen to garbage you know what I mean and he's no. going to and he's going to educate them i really do think I'm, that that he's a quiet guy but i think that yeah. we we're only left to imagine the depths of that man's quality. And, yeah. and, and it's, it's like, it's the, it's the same reason that I only do post-match reaction videos and nothing else. I got to leave them wanting more. Cause I mean, listen, this voice gets old after a while. <laughs> Hell there's people stopping the podcast right now. Cause they're tired of hearing me. Got to keep it to no, two minutes. No one's man. stopping. No <laughs> one's stopping. And hopefully in a couple of years time, Seamus Coleman will join him in that, in that youth um, academy. And yes, will be another major player in there and will help yeah. him out. And then, you know, you've got two, Real influential Everton players, big Evertonians, mm. leading the next generation, and you know that's what you want. That is it what is. you want. Yeah, it is. So that, that's a great start then for your two <laughs> defenders. Let's move into midfield. Give me your first midfielder. Well, it's going to be Pinar. Uh, uh, you know the the combination that he had with Baines. I mean, it's like you said, Coleman and, and Baines could hurt you on either side. It's like having a boxer who can hit you with both hands. You know what I mean? Like not just being a predominantly a lefty or a righty, but just, you know, having a wicked cross and a jab at their disposal. And, and Pinar was, he was like that knife's edge. You know what I mean? He could cut through a defense. And when he was on, right, he was unplayable. Yeah. But the problem is, is he was inconsistent. And, and I thought really long and hard about the midfields that I had seen um, and, and, and the, and the, and the players that I had seen occupy that space and I had to give a little bit of a thought about Leon Osmond because, you know, a little leap in Leon, he always seemed to find a bit of magic, right, where other people couldn't, um, you know. And, and, and he wasn't though, – though, though he was small, he'd be fierce, you know what I mean? He was just uh, – he was a dynamo. But it ended up coming down to, you know, one, one choice for my midfield was sentimental and the other was going to be uh, practical. And obviously, Pinar was the practical choice. Pinar is uh, – honest to God, when Pinar is the – when people talk about, like, say, Mikhail Arteta – when they talk about him, they're actually talking about Stephen Pienaar. Yeah, they are. Stephen Pienaar is was the best player, I think, of the Moise era. His intelligence, the way he... Yes. He was a playmaker, but he was a wide playmaker because... Yep. And he utilized our greatest strength, which was Leighton Baines' ability to find people in the box. And, you know, if there's a word going around now, it's the pre-assist. They've invented it before some flashy midfielders who don't get great numbers, essentially. Like... Tiago at Liverpool, who doesn't really get any assists. <laughs> no, but they did though, didn't they? They've invented this word. They've invented this stat. Yes. Because they wanna give they wanna give more credence to certain players in in the league. Oh, yes. he, what does he do? His numbers all he does pre assists. Pinar's pre assists would have been out of this world. He was the yeah. guy who gave Leighton Baines the ball to give the striker the goal. And he he you know, I seen him play centre midfield once with it was against Manchester City. Him and Fellaini played 
centre midfield, and this was like a Manchester City on the up and up. And he, it was the game Fellaini did the little pirouette, and yes. everyone was loving it. And I think Pinas got a free kick in it, and he was magnificent. Them, t- imagine no, see, see, yeah, we're playing Manchester City, and Pinas and Fellaini going to be a centre centre midfield partnership. You'd be like, mm, I'm not sure about that. They were phenomenal. Yeah, they Pinar's were. brain was just so underrated. And the, I suppose the biggest disappointment for Pinar was he got his big chance on the international stage in 2010 in that World Cup playing for South South Africa. Uh, South Africa. And he just, he it never clicked. It never clicked for him. You don't know whether it was because he didn't have the plays around him or he'd had a long season. It just or never Or the pressure of the moment. For him. Maybe, I mean, that's yeah, a maybe. Huge stage because, for it to be in yeah, his home he, country. Yeah, and he'd never really been relied on to play for his national team in, in that kind of manner. And and the, I suppose the biggest disappointment um, probably for Pina was, or one of the major disappointments was when he came back and he was on loan and he was cup-tied and it meant he couldn't yeah. play in the semi-final uh, against Liverpool. And it was some, a little moment like that could have been the difference between it was getting to the final, not getting to the final, because I think we had Maggie Gay play start instead. Yeah. And it's just little moments like that that could have made a difference. I I loved them, and I know a lot of people, obviously, they used the Spurs thing as a, a, a stick to beat him with, which it should never have happened. He should have been offered the same contract Mikel Arteta was. Yes, it's because agreed. Arteta was the, the... And I listen, don't get me wrong, I liked Arteta, but he was the golden boy. He looked great on posters. He... But Pina yeah. was the heart, was the heart and soul of that, of that, of that machine in the midfield, and um, he should. And the other thing that really was annoying as well was the way he left the club because he was one. It was I think it was him and Tony, him Tony Hibbert and and Leon Osman who famously just got like the text message to say they'd been released, and it was just a disgrace, like disgrace how the football club treated them at the end. These three players who had been magnificent servants for the football club were just like yeah. See your boys. You have been given a free contract. Bye. It's like what the hell? Why aren't? Why weren't we looking after these people? Why weren't we, you know, honouring them? I know Pinar was injured for the last couple of years, and Roberto Martinez could have got so much more out of him if he'd been fit. He would have been a perfect sure. player. But uh, you know, it, and we've spoke to Stephen Pinar obviously on the show, and he's such a good guy, and I've I've interacted with him. Um, for, <laughs> Stephen Pinar was in the stadium when I scored a hat trick at Goodison. So I was like, I, I went off after we got me third. I was like, have you ever seen Hattrick better than that? He was like, you know, taking the piss going, no, of course I haven't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and giving me side eyes going, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, of course I haven't. You, Such a good guy. You think about the time frame that I watched in, right? Um, mm. Yes, you know, Arteta was injured early in that, right? And I, mm. and he came back from that injury. And I don't think I ever got to see him in his, in his prime ability for Everton. Yeah. And, his, and I didn't see any of his great performances, none that really stuck out in my mind. And then the way he went to Arsenal just wound yeah. me up. And, and obviously, yeah. yes, Pienaar did go to Spurs, but he should have been offered the same contract that Arteta had. And I had no idea that Everton released Hibbo, Leon, and Steven by text. I'm gonna tell you yeah, something. So, yeah, that's Thank some absolute. Yeah. That's some absolute douche canoe behavior, and somebody yeah. should have been fired for that. That's absolute yeah. garbage. That. Mm. Yeah. So it's awful, really. Let's so let's move on to your second yeah. one. Who uh, is your second midfielder? Landon. It's got to be Landon Donovan. I know he was more of an attacking midfielder, but but the way the strikers, I don't really count him as a striker. Um, okay, I'll, I'll I'll give the jury's out, but I'll I'll give you that. Yeah, I'll give yeah, you. Yeah, I kind of look at him as a kind of a center attacking <laughs> mid. Uh, you know, he, I don't know, like, 
he he started out with such promise and he went to Bayern and he bottomed out and there were people that said he had a bad attitude and everything mm-hmm. else. But you know what, right? You just wanted to see the guy do well. Um, mm-hmm. And then when he went to Everton, th- there was something about him that clicked. And I think that the United States men's national team owes that whole 2010 run that was so exciting for football fans yeah. in America. It was. It to was. Everton's loan of Landon Donovan. Because I think him getting into the Premier League and facing that level of competition that he did, you know, playing, I mean, Chelsea was boss that year. We still beat them, but they were boss that year. And, yeah. you know, and, and playing against Manchester United, he had scored a goal against Manchester United. Yeah, that in, at Goodison in 2010. Um, you know, it's just, I don't know. I think he was able to sharpen his skill, take his, take his game to the next level. And I think that that set him up to be that that warrior competitor that he that he turned out to be in South Africa. And it didn't hurt that Clint Dempsey had had a boss year as well um, at mm-hmm. Fulham. And he probably had his best year ever So um, at yeah. Fulham that season because they didn't. They go to, to a Europa League final that year. Final, yeah. They did, yeah. yeah. Fantastic run. Yeah, well, they, they had a hell of a run. Roy Hodgson was the, was the gaffer at the time for them. Um, but regardless, um, you know, it – Landon was just – it was – he was that bit of magic, right? Like sometimes, sometimes you just need an introduction and you, and, and like Blandon being how I was chosen a blue. I mean, listen, I've got the, I've got the 2010, 2000 or the 09, 10 uh, kit in the closet with a, with, with Donovan on the back. And, you know, that's like literally one of my most prized possessions. Um, And uh, yeah, I mean, I've got the away kit long sleeve with Donovan on the back. So yeah, I've got, I used to have an obsessive Star Wars collection. Now it's kind of transitioned <laughs> over to an obsessive Everton kit collection. But Landon was special. And, and obviously, you know, you helping me get the opportunity to meet him and talk to him. You know, they always say to people, be careful about, you know, meeting your heroes. You might not want to um, because they may not measure mm-hmm. up to what you think they are. And, and I have to say that between Tim Howard, between Seamus Coleman and, and Landon Donovan, it definitely – paid off to meet those guys because the quality of their character was evident. And I, I, yeah, I, I just, it's, I don't know. I can, I can sit and talk about Everton forever, but it always starts <laughs> with Landon. It always starts with well, Landon. Yeah. I, I, I've got, I've got a Landon Norman share framed on my wall. Uh, cause, cause it's signed to me. Um, obviously I, I, um, I got, I was very lucky. I got to interview him in 2000 and, uh, late 2010, I think it was. Um, uh, and he he was it 2011 i can't remember and he basically it was the year it was the year that he didn't come on loan basically wasn't it and basically he sold me and eric when we were doing the podcast at the time for Etonians, and which he loved it and he said it was like disneyland coming yes. back would be like going to disneyland for a kid it was like the back page of a newspaper it was one of the things that sort of got me noticed as doing what my you know podcast with eric and stuff yes um that was a well, boss episode so, of Fallotonians. yeah, yeah well, the yeah, only thing is the oh, looking back the audio was really really bad on it because we were so we were so green that we didn't know how to do stuff like like you know it was, it was yeah but it doesn't really matter but yeah. so we got to <laughs> speak to him and he said how much he loved everton the quotes went around the world essentially how much he liked everton and he came back the year after and that's when we got to meet him yes uh, me and eric and we you know we brought you in and it was, yes. it, was br- it was so so good to meet him um and but everton major made a fundamental mistake by not signing by him. not signing him permanently yeah. because he'd obviously signed a new deal at la 
when he came on his first loan. And as you said there, he really it really galvanised him going playing in the Premier League. Maybe just confidence wise, knowing he could compete at that level. Yes. Um, you know, and knowing he could he could hold his own, which he did in the Premier League really, really well. I remember that iconic image of his first game at Arsenal. Arsenal. Snow, and there's that what a performance. With with the number nine on the back. It's such an iconic picture. Um he came back, he done really well when he came back. And Everton just should have done everything in their powers. I think I don't know what it was. It's about six million quid, I believe MLS wanted for him. And Everton should have done everything because the commercial ramifications oh. of having him alone would have been so big. And like you saying, you know, getting a fa- you're just one fan really helped convert to being an Evertonian, and it's just such such a loss. And ever since you've heard Landon Donovan talk so fondly about Everton and, and how how that was the how sort of like where is club because okay we're not like we're not going to put a statue outside the ground like LA Galaxy have, but we. We put him on a different level. We help make him feel like he was a world star. Because if he'd been LA Galaxy's Landon Donovan, who played in the World Cup, people have gone, yeah, he plays in MLS. But the fact that he played in the Premier League and he was like a brand ambassador helped convey this message to, to the rest of the world that he, he, he had something. And that, for him, would have done so much. He went back to MLS and people were like, well, this guy's done it in the, in the Premier League. He's up there. He can hold his own. Yeah. He, he's done it. And Everton just massively missed the trick there. You know, Evertonians are not easily won, okay? They have to be earned, right? The love of Evertonians has to be earned. And, I mean, for him to have come in, and, I mean, listen, you got to think about it. You know how the weather is out in California, okay? Yeah. You know? I mean, you know, there's there's certain superstars that come up there who don't like the weather who have to, you know, you know, piss off the warmer climates and, and glory go with you and peace behind you. Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord splits you. You know what I'm saying? I'm glad you're gone. Okay, but he came over, he dealt with the climate, he dealt with the, you know, he dealt with the challenge and 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 the, and the increased competition. And, and, and you know, how boss must it have felt to be standing in Goodison here in the Glotty Street singing, he's the lid from America. I mean, oh my <laughs> God, my head would explode. Okay, so yeah, that was the boss's song ever. But you know what, I absolutely <laughs> plagued Baz. Over, are we going to sign Donovan? Are we going to sign? I, I bet he was like, oh, I wish I'd never talked to this kid because all I did was ask Baz, like, do you ever hear anything uh, about Donovan? And, you know, I'll never forget the text or the message I got from him saying, you know, hey, you know, I think he's coming back on loan. And and I don't know, like, I, I, I one of the things that I desperately want for Everton is for there to come a time when we're older and I've got even more gray in my hair and we can talk about the opportunities that we seized and not the ones that we missed as yeah. a club. And, 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 you know, that's the thing, like I tend to try to focus on the positive side of things because it's the best thing to do for my own mental health. And I think with the climate of the world it's the smartest thing to do, but don't, don't get me wrong. If I had to, if I, if I did the Festivus airing of grievances with Everton, it would be some uncomfortable stuff because, you know, old yeah. boy's got a list and I'm checking it twice. I know who's been naughty and I know who ain't been nice. You know what I'm saying? Astro Claus is coming to town and I'm going to chew your ass up and spit you out. Sorry. Sorry. You see how it happens? It starts small it just happens, and then it just it? goes. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's like, goes? It, it just goes. It just goes. Uh, you no, know what, right? Up, huge, huge missed opportunity. Yes. Yes. Huge Agreed. Agreed. Um, but I don't know it. It like I said, let, let's hope that there are days ahead where we can yeah. talk about this opportunities seized and not the ones missed. Mm. So right, let's let's so let's talk about your second midfielder then. 
Oh, uh, well, Pinar and Baines, or Pinar, Pinar I'm sorry, oh, Pinar, P- and Donovan, sorry, sorry. Pinar and Donovan Pinar were my Donovan, mids, and um, my, okay. first, my first striker is probably going to be a no-brainer. It's going to be Lukaku, um, yeah. because I, you know, I'll never forget when he got that header away at West Ham, he literally knocked himself out to score for Everton, yeah. and I'm like, oh my God, this guy's boss, and I remember the whole night, the late night transfer when he came in. You know, you guys mm-hmm. were doing a live show, and it broke yep. that he was coming in. And, wow, I mean, after the blow of losing Moyes, you know, that was such a huge, like, you know, salve on the wound. And Lukaku was just, I don't know, like he – don't get me wrong. Louis Saha on his day was a was an incredible striker. And I only saw bits of Yukubu, but he was that first, like, just savage. Like, I, I don't know. I, he was – um. I'm trying to think of a fancy way to say it, but I mean, like, he he honestly, like, seriously, colder than a polar bear's toenail, just taking his chances. Um, you know, he, he, he was just, he was an assassin. I mean, Lukaku yeah. was just, I mean, like, and I know that, that, that there, this, there's this thing where it's said that Evertonians give him a lot of stick. Well, listen, I'm going to tell you something. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take, Okay. And and every shot you miss makes you wiser, okay? And I think that Lukaku was able to come here and to grow, and I think that his time at Everton has allowed him to become the world-class striker that he is. Um, but my God, when he was on, he was unplayable, and he was magnificent, and I knew to enjoy him while we had him because yeah. he wasn't going to stay forever. And um, I don't know. I think that there's beauty in a, in a thing like that. I think that instead of sitting here and going, God, I wish we had kept him, I'm going to say, thank thank goodness we got the chance to watch him play in a blue shirt because, my God, did he score some goals. I mean, it, and, and, and he was powerful, and he could hold the ball up well. And, and, and listen, I know that he did things wrong, and I know that he left and, and it, it broke everybody's heart. But you know what? It, 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 like I said, I'm not angry that he left. I'm grateful that he was here. And I just wish he would have stayed a little bit longer, but – but what can you do? And yeah, I mean, we had them. Listen, we had them for a good amount of time. You know what? Like the av- what you'd probably have for an average player, overseas sure. player, world class striker. You know, proved that went to went to Chelsea this summer, hundred million. Yeah. Um. Or whatever. Yeah. He went to left us for Man United. You know, I, I remember when he came in that night. It was huge that we got him on loan. West. He was told he was going to West Brom, West Brom. and then we got him. He's straight in there scoring goals away at West Ham at home against Newcastle. Scored goals in the Mayside Derby at Goodison. He just kept it up and kept it up, and he was a, a real favourite. I, I I do find it strange that more people didn't sort of take them. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I I don't understand how there's this idea that more people didn't like him than do like him because I think there's a. I think the majority did like him. I remember yeah. sitting in. I remember when he came back, and it was like the picture on on Twitter, of like you know. Of him like in a plane, and everyone was like, and all the and everyone was checking the flight check planners yeah. and all that <laughs> flight planners, and it was so exciting because he's like he's coming back, and then they did a press conference, and the press conference was even delayed by like two hours, and it's like what's going on? There's so much anticipation so, um, and excitement, and I remember everyone was everyone was so, but it was frustration because everyone was like, oh, it's gone wrong, and it's like something's obviously happened, but it was just like a, a an issue with like you know a bit of paperwork deal. Yeah. And it was so exciting. And then the day when he was supposed to sign his new deal and his agent yeah. kept on saying, yeah, it's 99% done. And it really was. 
And it came down to like one like little detail, and then he just basically ev- ev- he went to Finch Farm, and everyone fully expecting signing this new deal. And he walked in, he was just like, walked into the room, and there's a piece of paper, and he's just like, I'm not signing it. And there was just like, it was no, it, it, I tell you what, it reminded me of, right? Because I was sitting in the studio with Baz, and we were literally waiting for it to happen. And it reminded me of one when Robert De Niro got the phone call in Goodfellas that Tommy actually hadn't been made. And yeah. he's been whacked. Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of that. <laughs> so that's the way I play it out in my head. It's like, yeah. waiting for this boss news. You know, yeah, Tommy's been made. No, no, he hasn't. No, no. He's been whacked. There's nothing anyone can do with it. He killed a made man. And now we've had to... And that's why I, that's how I yep. feel of the car kid not signing his contract. Oh. Um, and then obviously he went to Manchester United. We got a lot of money for it. Yeah. And we didn't do it. We really wasted the money. So, yeah, yeah I, he should be. And I remember the game after because he scored. I think it was against Hull. Yeah. And I think he scored twice. And at first, when he celebrated, he wasn't sure. And the Gladys Street, like, give him, re- you know, really, really, you know, give him a lot of applause and really celebrated. So the second one, he really lapped that up because he knew that the fans were on his side at the game. You yeah. know, I always talk about, like, what people, what, you know, there's people, my God don't like him or whatever attitude doesn't do this do that it's what you do in front of those fans that matters yes. you know, there's been a lot of talk about people going away on international duty and speaking about you know we, we know it happens it's what you do on a on a saturday in front of your fans that really counts as That's a footballer right. and he used to do it he used to do it week in and week out yeah i you know it it i i don't know i he around the time that he left weren't the best days that i'd ever known and it was just like it was just like a hammer blow when he left. Mm-hmm. Um, but but there again, you know, I tend to try to focus on the the memory and, and like the joy yeah. that he brought to the club. Um, and and you know, on the on the on the flip side of that, like you know, I don't know, an unexpected addition to my team. I I, I molded over and molded over and molded over, and I gotta go with DCL for my second Ooh. striker because I, and then yeah. and I know that this may be a controversial one. But this is a this is an exercise in the belief that I have in the the quality of that young man's character and his ability. Yeah. And I think that when you invest belief and energy into someone who has the talent that DCL does, it's only going to pay you back. And yeah. we don't need to sit and think about well, what if? What if? Listen, if what if? What if he gets hurt? What if he stays hurt? What if he leaves? Listen, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas, okay? So I don't deal in ifs and buts, all right? I'm dealing in what is. And what is is that DCL is far better than I thought that he could be, and I think that yeah. he's going to only keep getting better. And I think that, you know, with the success that we've seen so far this season, he has not even been able to contribute his best because even when he did play early on, he was playing injured. Yeah. So we haven't even seen how good this team can be, all right? And I think that, you know, the adversity that, you know, you face through injury and that you've faced through some of the -the off-the-pitch issues that this team has been forced to deal with, um, you know, and I've said this before, there are no atheists in the foxholes. And when you have to share a trench with somebody, you you bond and you fight for that person. You, You end up fighting more for that person than what you started fighting for. And, and I think that this team has the appropriate mentality provided by the most, I don't know, the most surprising managerial selection you could have hit me with. And, mm-hmm. and, and I'm absolutely 
made up with the fact that we are here right now in this situation because, you know, Benitez demands better. Okay. Um, he's doing it out of Townsend and he's getting these, he's getting his results. Damari Gray, it's the same thing. I, I have worked for people, for leaders who have challenged me to do more and to be better. And, and it winds me up in the moment because I'm like, I'm giving you my best, but it, it's that second later where you realize that this person thinks that I'm capable of more and that belief helps fuel you to up to the next level. And, and I think that we are going to see that because I think that that's the type of manager he is. And, and, and you know, you're talking about, you know, uh, it's, it's like, it's like a great combination. It's a, it's like a, it's like a tag team partnership. You know what I'm saying? It's like Hulk Hogan and Macho Man as the mega powers in the eighties. You know what I'm saying? It's like this perfect combination of the mania and the madness coming together. And, and, you know, I'm just so excited for DCL's future. I really, I really do think that he's going to be, uh, I think he's going to be great. And I think he's already been great. And I, I love the fact that you can see that he gets it. I mean, you can see that he, that, and, and you know what? That's the reason I love Everton. That's one of the, that, that's the primary reason that I love Everton because, you know, when you see the players that love this club and fight for that badge, they completely get that there's no I in team. Okay. You know what I mean? You're doing it. It's big team, little me. I'm doing it for my teammates. I'm doing it for my club. And, and you know what? When you do that, when you play like that, you will get the success and the, and the fame that you're looking for. And it raises your level. Rising tide floats all boats, man. And I'm really excited. Absolutely. I'm really excited to see what effect, what the knock-on effect uh, uh, Benitez is going to have. And, and I will sit here and say this. I cussed on a 40-minute drive home. Enough to make – I would have made the Pope blush, okay, as much as I was cussing in the car listening to y'all coming home when it looked that it was going to be imminent that Rafa was going to be the manager. And and you know what? I was wrong. No matter what happens from now until the end of the season, I was wrong because he's done a better job and he's just better than I completely expected. So I'm happy to eat crow um, and, and admit when I'm wrong. So – but, yeah, I, I you know, I just – I don't know. I'm wicked excited. I, I think that I think that there are a lot of problems that Everton need to address that aren't necessarily on the field anymore. I, I think that, um, you know, I've said this before. I don't like how Rafa is being left out on the flank, exposed to answer all the hard questions. I think that leadership is best undertaken when it's at the front. A, a, a real leader, a chairman, an owner would be out front, and they would be taken the hits and they would be answering the questions that Rafa's being forced to answer. Okay. Now Rafa, he's got balls so big, he totes them around in a wheelbarrow. So he can handle this kind of exposure. All right. But, but it's not just about, it's not just about soaking up the good times. It's about being there when they're bad and answering the hard questions and not just being like, Oh, we're breaking ground. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're also, you know, breaking dreams by, by, by instituting bad policies, you know? And, and like I said, it's it, leadership. Leadership trickles down, right? And all you can hope is that Rafa and his staff, okay, are are going to kind of shield the players from the buffoonery that may go on at the top. Because I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I'm assuming, right? And hopefully, that leadership, that fact that he's the first. I think he's the first one in and the last one out. And I think that he's working with the players, and 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 he's not absent. He's got his hand on the wheel. 
He's got, he knows what's going on. Okay. And, and I think that that attention and that care, okay. And that investment, because when you know, somebody cares about you and your future, you'll run through walls for that person. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to get long winded pal. I just, once it starts, <laughs> it's like verbal diarrhea it's and a, it just keeps top, going. Yeah. So your ultimate Everton team is Seamus Coleman, Leighton Baines, Stephen Pienaar, Landon Donovan, Romu Lukaku, and Dominic Calvin Lewin. There That's we it. go. That is Astro's ultimate Everton team. Fantastic stuff. Right. Let us just move on very, very quickly. Yes. To your snide six. There he gone. He's gone for the ultimate snide six. Yes. So, give me your first defender. I actually had a personal interaction with this guy at the airport, John Lennon, on my first trip. Martin Skirtle, Baldy <laughs> twat. Okay. Um, I'm in. I'm in the airport, right? And I've got the echo in my hands because. And there was a Liverpool on the sports section. It was a Liverpool thing, not an Everton write up. And he sees me carrying the paper, and I'm sitting down. And we're both going on the same plane to Amsterdam because my connection was going to Frankfurt after that. And he sees the paper and he looks at me and I look at him and there's, there's recognition there, but not the brand he wants. And he's like, uh, do you want me to sign that? And I just said, uh, <laughs> I said, no. And I pulled my shirt open and I tapped that badge. I said, I'm cool. So, you know, he was trying to be nice and I wasn't. Um, but yeah, I, I just as soon had somebody kick me in the nuts with a hobnail boot than to have him sign anything. Um, but then there was my, sorry, my other defender is a go defensive on. mid, huh? Go on, go on. Okay, my other, my other is a, is a defensive midfielder, but I hate him so much. He has to go in. Um, there was this yard dog that played for West Brom named Claudio Jakob. And he <laughs> yeah. always hacked down Everton players. Like, like it was going out of style. Like it was the greatest yeah. thing in the world to him. He, and he was snide and he was just, I don't know. Like if he played for us, I probably would have loved him. But because he played yeah. for the baggies, I couldn't stand the sight of him. And in fact, like <laughs> he's the reason why my oldest like was exposed to the four letter F word for the first time was me watching a match with West Brom and me saying something really uncalled for, but uh, accurate, but uncalled for in that moment. So, I mean, he was just, he was awful. He was always clipping at somebody's heels, just being an absolute douche canoe. And I just couldn't have him. So um, and then there's then there's Gerard. I, I just, I, you know what? So I tried to be like first midfielder yeah. Stephen Gerrard. Yeah, first midfielder Stephen yeah. Gerrard. He absolutely terrorized us in those early derbies when I was a, 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 a in the beginning of my Everton uh, fandom. And I mean, I just there's a lot of, there's a lot of red in this list, and and that's all right. But I mean, I just he's just such a I mean he's just like when I think of him, he's just like he's such a copite. I mean, he's just a He's just a, I don't know, he's a chode, and I can't stand him, and I can't have him, and I don't want him to ever win anything. I don't care where he goes. I don't know. I can't yep. get over it. Like, I can't have him. Like, you don't want to wind him up. You don't want to You don't want to wind him up because he's so good, and I recognize the talent and the skill unless he's slipping on a banana pill when you're playing Chelsea. But, I mean, other than that, I mean, you know, he's got it, and he's got it by the boatload, and he's a smart guy, but he's a twat because he's Steven Gerrard, and I can't have him, and I just don't like him. Like I just want if I wasn't in my house, I'd want to spit on the ground every time I said his name. <laughs> um, sorry, but uh, and then there was um the stunt double for um Sloth and the Goonies, Dirk Kout. Um, listen, um, 
I've never like I, I've never like wanted to throw things at televisions because they're expensive and I ain't got that kind of money. But boy, howdy, I, I could not stand that guy. And the sight of him, it was like, I don't know. I, I just I couldn't have him. I he was always committing these egregious fouls and getting away with it. And it was always yeah. like he was always in the position to be in to hurt us the most. Mm. And, and I, I don't know. He just had a knack for being in the most painful place for Evertonians on the pitch, whether it was scoring a goal or whether it was with a challenge and getting away with murder. I mean, I don't know. I, I just, you know, I've, I've never been able to look at the Goonies the same since. <laughs> I just can't. All sympathy for sloth is lost. Yes. Yes, that's true. I, I even had to give up baby Ruth, but you know, <laughs> that's beside the point. Um, my next one is moving on to the forwards. So, so my oh, midfielders yeah. were Gerard and, and, and Dirk, uh, and 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 then there's uh there's 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 old Harry Kane. Uh, listen, that 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 horse face twat seems to score against us every <laughs> single time he gets on the pitch. I think he's got like eleven goals against us. He could be in the he could be in the parking lot and score against us. I don't know what it is. He and, and you know what? I don't. I just I don't like the cut of his jib, and, and it's probably because of the fact that he scores against us. And I've never liked Spurs. Like even when like I used to say the most awful things about um I used to say that if uh, the West End ever opened a Broadway show or a West End show for for Wizard of Oz um oh uh you know Peter Crouch could have been one of the evil trees you know what I mean uh, uh Gareth Bale could have been one of them flying monkeys before he got his ears pinned back um you know and uh what was the name of, what was the name of that uh, Harry Redknapp could have been the Cowardly Lion. You know what I'm saying? Like, so you had the whole cast right there. And I just, I've, and because of that, I've always despised Tottenham, especially when they took Pinar. But, but yeah, so Harry Kane, listen, no, no, no offense to the guy and all. It's all joking and good fun. He's a great striker, but I can't have him. And I wouldn't piss on his teeth if his gums were on fire because he always seems to score against Everton. Are we going to have to recut this because of some of the things that I've said? Nope. This, is, this is going out. This is, uh... This is going out as is. Go I'm on. Gonna be, I'm, I'm gonna be beloved by Evertonians and hated who's by everybody else. Your, um, who's gonna be your final striker? Then, old old final donkey teeth Louis Suarez, man. <laughs> he bites more than a stepped on Dotson. You know what I'm saying? I tell you what, man, if there's ever anybody that I wanted to see get their teeth knocked out, I mean, honest to goodness. If I saw Louis Suarez like in the airport, I'd stick my foot so far up his ass, water off my knee would quench his thirst. I have a pure hatred of that man. I really can't stand him. And I know that, you know, I get a T-shirt made up for him. You know what I mean? He bites folks and he's a racist. Or is that, wasn't that what it was? He made a racist comment and bit somebody. He made a racist comment. Yeah. And he was, he, he was, he, you know, he, he he's did. just an all around. Listen, he is just an all around jack wagon and I can't have him. <laughs> Old donkey teeth, Luis Suarez. I, like, if, if, I don't know. Like, I don't know. It's just, I, there was no Liverpool player in that period of time that has produced the level of anger that that guy did. I mean, it's just, mm. I don't know. He's just a, I mean, listen, and, and somebody breathed on him and he dropped like he just got hit by a high power sniper round yeah. and rolled around on the ground. And it just, I don't know, like I said, talented player, but he's an absolute, you know, chode. So yeah, there you go. Yeah, There's my massively, obviously, massively hated when he yeah. was at Liverpool. Yeah, the, and, Louis the Rabbit yeah. Alpaca Suarez, and don't, don't forget somebody. they, you know, they 
they all wore the t-shirts for him, didn't they? Yeah, they, they did. all wore the t-shirts for him at Wigan um, after he'd been suspended. And I um, would not expect anything less from Liverpool. They're no, not just no, being the tits. Worst. They're just on brand. Just, just one of the worst PR decisions anyone's ever made. That. <laughs> um, one of the worst PR decisions anyone has ever made. The person who decided, I don't know when it, who it was, but yeah. Yeah, I'd, uh, ra- I'd rather walk alone. Yeah, but there you go. That 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 is Astro's um, non-Everton ultimate team. snide six. Yeah, very very interesting. Very interesting snide six. What you could have done with a snide six? Just pick six players from the different um, Super League clubs. But you've gone you've gone for a very heavy Liverpool side, which is fair enough, my friend. That is yeah. that is it's your opportunity to get that out there, and you have done that. So absolutely. Incredible. Astro, I thank you for being our first guest on the Ultimate Eleven uh, uh, Ultimate Everton team. I can't even I can't even get the title out. <laughs> um and I, I I you have challenged other guests. You have challenged other guests to be Yes, whatever you've been today, you've challenged those guests to be as entertaining as you have been. So I thank you, sir, for coming on and entertaining us. And I thank you for doing your reaction videos every single week. And I, I thank you for your your friendship because it is um, it's a journey. It yeah, it is, bud. It is a journey. Yeah, and hopefully it's, it's a journey fun. that's far from being done. It, it, it's literally my honor and my privilege to be able to come on board and to do anything I can to help you guys out because – you know, you guys are like the pillars of my Everton story and and, 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 and great friends on top of that. So, yeah, it's like I said, it's my honor and my privilege to be here, sir. Thank you very much. Don't forget, you can check out the Ultimate Fan app. There is a link in the down, there is a link in the description to download. So please do that. You can play for free. And there's a couple of subscription uh, offers as well, one for two ninety nine and one for four ninety nine. So please do that as well. If you like playing fantasy football, card game type things, yeah, watch some of our videos. We completely uh, tell you how to do it. In there, we'll, we'll tell you how to do it. We'll be back very very soon with another one of these. <laughs> I don't know if it can be top, but we we will try. We will try. We will see you then. <laughs>